Welcome to the How to Find Scholarships podcast. I'm Dr. Treasure Shields Redmond, and I'm known as the debt-free degree expert. I am CEO of How to Find Scholarships Parent Academy. It's a subscription community where busy parents of college-bound teens hire me to teach them how to avoid crushing student loan debt. If you are a busy parent of a college-bound teen and you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling a little frightened, and you need some actionable, clear steps to a debt-free degree, you're in the right place. Listen and learn. Greetings, 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 one and all. It is I, your debt-free degree expert. Let me take off my glasses so you guys can see I did my makeup and it's cute. It's cruel. <laughs> um, I am so glad to be here with you to talk to you about this. Um, I'm I'm actually returning to a topic, but I'm you know, one of the things that I learned from a 20 plus year teaching career. Um, is that sometimes there's a there's something called reinforcement, reinforcement where you uh, return to a topic, teach it in a slightly different way, because it's just that important. So, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dr. Treasure Shields Redmond, and I am known as the debt free degree expert. Busy parents of college-bound teens join my monthly subscription community, which is called How to Find Scholarships. And you can too at howtofindscholarships.info. Go there, check out the services that are offered. I am sure you will be pleased. Uh, It is a place that parents are really attracted to because uh, you get help from live debt-free degree experts, I help you find scholarships. I teach you how to find scholarships. Um, So go check it out for yourself at howtofindscholarships.info. But what are we talking about today? So on one platform, the title is not college matchmaking, question mark, exclamation point. (laughs) And on the other platform, the the title is, let me see what it is up here on, on the YouTubes. Not doing this can reduce or even eliminate scholarships. So what is the thing that I'm talking about? So I'm going to start off by telling you just a little short story. Once upon a time, there was a busy mother of a college-bound teen. And this busy mother um, really valued education. She um, knew that in her own upbringing that the intensity um, that could have been exhibited toward her education, the, the, the intentionality more so than intensity, intentionality that could have been exhibited toward her own educational journey just wasn't there. This busy mother of a college-bound teen um, was a Gen Xer whose parents were kind of uh, laissez-faire when it came to education. I mean, they were in a neighborhood with a decent public school, and um, according to their boomer ethics, you put your child in school, the school should never call you about their behavior. They should pass, um, you know, without incident to each grade and get a high school diploma. And this busy mom of a college-bound teen in this story 
thought, no, with my own children, I'm going to do something a little bit more uh, intentional. I'm going to I'm going to elevate their uh, school experience. So this busy parent of a college bound team uh, was intentional starting at preschool. Uh, put them in the type of preschool where you have to get on a waiting list while you're pregnant to get the child into the preschool. Montessori, experiential learning, um, you know, the babies are reading, the babies are working on fine motor skills, the babies are, you know, um, uh, doing all sorts of high-level academic pursuits. And then this busy mom... Um, moved to a neighborhood with a really good magnet school for elementary because after they had paid for the preschool they just thought oh i need a financial break this busy mom of a college bound team was not rich so they moved to this neighborhood where they had this great magnet school for uh elementary and by the time this this child had gotten to junior high grade seventh eighth like right before high school, this busy mom said, okay, they, they've been at the magnet school. Now I believe that they can test into this incredible private school that I've been stalking uh, because it has the uh, environment, the social climate, the, um, the, the academic rigor that I want for this child. And I've looked at the graduation rate and the types of colleges these children go to. And um, this is this is what I want for my child. And the busy mom of this college bound team pat herself on the back because she thought, you know, my parents didn't know all the things that I know about school. So I'm really I'm cooking with Crisco and they get the child into this really Tony private school. Um, using uh, financial aid and 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 other you know creative financing options <laughs> and pants at some out of their pocket, uh, and this child does well. This child um, has an unweighted GPA of close to a 4.0. Their weighted GPA, which means the GPA that exists. You know, after you take into account these AP course, courses, advanced placement courses, which are worth more than high school courses, their weighted GPA is a 4.2. So it's above a 4.0. Their child has been, of course, in the honor society. Um, their child outside of school was a Girl Scout. This is a daughter. Um, and their child was on the uh, Student Government Association and the... the um, the Gay Straight Alliance, um, this child, you know, uh, and this child, you know, played lacrosse not well, but well enough to be on the team. So everything that this mom thought about um, happening, wishing would happen, happened for this child. They excelled at a high level. Um, and when it came time to take the uh, SAT, they did well, not extraordinary, but they did, they had a good score. So now it is 12th grade and it's time for this mythological family that I've made up. Uh, this high school student who went to a private school, played lacrosse, but wasn't a star, um, 
has close to a 4.0 unweighted, has good test scores, but not extraordinary test scores, but really enjoyed themselves and felt seen, felt loved uh, throughout their academic career. And as a result, excelled. So now it's time for them to put together their college list. And the mom says, let's keep the momentum going. We're going Harvard, Yale, uh, Stanford, MIT, and we're going uh, uh, Princeton. The, the, those are those are our, our our schools with you know any one of those. But we're really headed toward Harvard, and then uh, we'll go ahead and apply to one of the you know seven sisters, maybe a Vassar, maybe a Williams, you know that sort of thing. Uh, and we're also going to apply to. UCLA because that's a great school. Now these people live in the middle of the country. They live in Wisconsin. And lo and behold, this child gets waitlisted for Stanford. Doesn't get into Harvard, doesn't get into Princeton, doesn't get into Yale, but gets waitlisted for Stanford. Doesn't get into MIT and gets into UCLA. So gets waitlisted for Stanford and gets into UCLA. So let me see. I'm gonna. My computer went to sleep. I wonder was I still on camera? Good God. Um, let me go back over here and see. Um, tuition. Stanford. Now remember, this is a family that could not pay out of pocket for this Tony private. Uh, this Tony private. Um, uh, uh, private school. So Stanford University uh, costs about 56,000. Uh, let's go ahead and round up because these numbers are from 2021, 20, 22. So let's just say 60K a year. Uh, well, that's just the tuition, tuition and fees. Okay, so tuition and fees. So that's everything. So let's say they cost 60,000 a year. Now, from what I understand, Stanford is one of those schools that if you make a household income, of less than a hundred K or something like that, you can uh, get a severe reduction in the cost to go there if you can get in. So remember this family has been waitlisted. So I'm looking on, on the Googles and it says, if you make less than, uh, if you make less than $75,000 a year, you can go there for free. Now, this mom in, in, in Wisconsin didn't know that. They've been waitlisted for Stanford. So if, if this child gets off the waitlist, the, uh, the mom makes about 75K, 65, 75, 65K fluctuating a year. If they get into Stanford, they will not have to pay anything. They won't have to pay anything really out of pocket. I mean, it's negligible. Uh, even with her income, she could figure out a payment plan to pay this small amount, which would be a little under a thousand a month for her to go to Stanford. And she had been paying something around that for the private high school. All right. So UCLA, let's see what UCLA. Now this child got into UCLA and they waited on the a uh, financial aid award letter from UCLA because that was just incredible in their life. Uh, Out-of-state tuition is 43000 a year. Psst. Hey, you. 
Yeah, you, the one listening to this podcast. I just wanted to break in briefly. I'm Treasure, your debt-free degree expert. And I wanted to let you know that you could join the community right now. You could go to howtofindscholarships.info and tap join. And you could be in a community where you find out how to avoid crushing student loan debt. So many families right now are in a terrible predicament. They are still paying their own student loan debt. You might be one of them. And now, mysteriously, their child is 16, 17 years old and about to embark on their own college journey. You don't want them to experience what you've already experienced. So go to howtofindscholarships.info and join today. 43000 a year. Okay, so they got their financial aid award and they weren't offered anything. Mm. So remember, this family applied to Harvard, Yale, Princeton, MIT, Stanford, which they got waitlisted for, and UCLA, which they did get in. And UCLA, the tuition, so UCLA tuition for all four years, uh, if you're not a resident, will be $174,042. So six figures. Um, so they got into that one, but when they got their financial aid award, they UCLA didn't offer them anything because UCLA, everyone who applies is um, has a great GPA and great test scores and great extracurriculars. So there wasn't anything that really distinguished this mythological team uh, in the cohort of people that applied. Um, it is possible that this young person got into UCLA because they were from the Midwest. They were from Wisconsin. And the, the UC schools have a lot of people <laughs> from California going there. They really cater to the in-state students. So in order to provide some uh, geographical diversity, that child from Wisconsin probably stood out and then they looked and said, okay, good enough, good enough test scores, great GPA, uh, interesting, rigorous extracurriculars, admitted, but not extraordinary enough to get a, some, some sort of big aid from us. So it is this time in this universe where I, where I created this, um, this mythological family, it is May 31st of 2023 and their child has two, uh, an, an acceptance letter and a possible sound like they playing spades. Come on spades. They got one and a possible. <laughs> You're not going to win in spades. You're not going to win with one and a possible unless your partner has like six. So <laughs> You're not going to keep winning if you only got one and a possible. So we are using the spades metaphor. This is not a good situation to be in. So um, they have one uh, acceptance letter from UCLA, which is going to cost them 174k over four years. And then they have uh, a wait list from Stanford, which could turn out to be the, the hat trick that they pull because Stanford is one of those schools that if you get in and you make less than 75K, you don't really have to pay anything. They made a commitment some time ago. Um, 
in order to increase the class diversity uh, and by way of that, the race diversity in their, in, on their campus. So this is a precarious place to be on May 31st of 2023. And your senior now has the rest of the summer to apply to scholarships and try to increase their aid. But it didn't have to be this way. They didn't, they could have made a different choice, employed the technique of college matchmaking and had several offers from schools that were much more um, giving in terms of scholarships. I definitely would have included, you know, University of Wisconsin. Wow, that school has a fantastic reputation. What's wrong with the University of Wisconsin? I don't know if they live in Madison or is the University of Wisconsin in Madison? Let's see. U of Wisconsin. This, this mythological, yeah, there's a University of Wisconsin-Madison and then there's a system with 26 campuses and extensions. But the main one is the Madison one. So I don't know if this, if this in my mind, this mythological family lives in Madison. So that team said, oh, that's not far enough away. I want a real sleepaway experience where my mom can't rush up here <laughs> in 20 minutes. Um, but there are, there are also states touching Wisconsin that do parity as far as in-state tuition. And with those, the, 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 the private school that this person went to probably has a lot of cash in that region, right? So right now, you who are watching me, you live in a place, you live in a region, and there's a certain private school that when you hear it, because you live in your region, it's like, oh, those are those people. Those are those children. Oh, you know, those children wind up going to blah, blah, blah. And they wind up being blah, blah, blah. But those of us outside of that region, that private school just doesn't have that much cash for us. It doesn't have that much oomph for us. Unless it's called Chope, Exeter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like big famous names. You're like, oh, Kennedy. The Kennedy family went to Chote. Oh, Exeter. Yeah, we know about Exeter. But the private school that's Tony in your region, no one is, only the people in your 100 mile radius or your two state radius or three state radius are impressed by it. And that's why applying for those schools that are in your region would be to your advantage because that name is going to stand out to that admissions committee. And they're going to think, oh, well, this is the type of child who gets a full ride. Let's see. Ooh, played, uh, um, what did I say? Lacrosse. Ooh, 4.2 weighted GPA. Ooh, uh, uh, respectable test scores. Ooh, wow, this is fam and from Wisconsin. Ooh, I'm from Wisconsin because I'm working near my area and statistics say that most of us don't move that far away from the place in which we were raised. <laughs> so um, also this college matchmaking could have been done better with regard to GPA and test score. Remember the example that I gave you, this young person just has a respectable test score. So let me see, I'm more, I'm most familiar with the ACT. So a respectable ACT would be a 26. 26 ACT equals SAT. 
So this person on the SAT has a 1230. They have a 1230. That is a respect. That's respectable for somebody who's trying to get a full ride to college. That is a respectable score. Now, I know there are those of you watching this who thought, my child, ooh, that's, that's respectable. Ooh, my child is struggling on the test. Yes, that test kicks some people's butts, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, so a 1230, uh, at, at, at UCLA is not, that's, that's not really it. That's, that's not really, you know, the, the average. So let's see, UCLA average, uh, SAT. So the average SAT at UCLA is a 1405 and this mythological child had a 1230. See, see why they didn't get offered the big scholarships? This child's unweighted GPA, we're going to say, is a 3.8. So what's the UCLA average GPA? 3.9. So they, they did good as far as college matchmaking there. They were at least close to the average. Um, so uh, you want to look at the average test score and the average GPA to pick a school for your child because that child is going to is going to uh that school is going to offer more uh a scholarship so u of wisconsin average gpa for this mythological child okay 3.86 my mythological child had a 3.8 okay let's see what u of wisconsin average sat was Okay, so the total average SAT is a 13 plus one, six, 14, reading and writing. Okay, six, 12 plus 120, 1320. And I said they had a 1230. So yeah, that's a lot closer than it was with UCLA. It is my, uh, 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 uh um, theory it is my it is i i am i am offering that if this child had applied to university of wisconsin they would have got close to a full ride the private school would have been a signal whatever that private school is in that area the tony private school the gpa would have been a signal the test score would have been a signal the plan lacrosse would have been a signal the fact that this is a a, a, a female student would have been a signal a resident because they have some set-asides for people for in-state. And, um, you know, that, 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 that's how that thing would have gone. So, this mythological family is now spending the summer in anxiety, waiting to see if Stanford is going to take them off the waiting list and accept them and change their destiny and make all of this worth it. Uh, uh, you know, doing a financial aid appeal with U UCLA, trying to get more money, um, and applying to outside scholarships, um, you know, in order to close that gap too. I don't want the seniors' summers to be spent, spent like this. Now, <laughs> I mean, you know, I have a business where I, I help families close that gap. Um, so it's beneficial for me to work with your, your incredible families and be on your team helping you with that. But really, it could be avoided if you would just engage in college matchmaking 
and not in magical thinking, uh, uh, not in a sort of my child deserves this because I didn't get this type of thinking. Um, children are going to do well if they are centered and loved and supported. Um, they don't have to go to an Ivy in order to have an extraordinary life. Um, and they don't have to go to the top competitive schools that are only accepting 11% of people who, uh, who apply like UCLA in order to have an extraordinary life, a safe life, a healthy life, a wealthy life. Um, so college matchmaking is the way if your child is in ninth, 10th or 11th grade or, or, you know, rising senior, they're going to 12th grade. Let's keep this in mind and come to howtofindscholarships.info if you want to talk further about uh, the strategies for college matchmaking. I'm Dr. Redmond. You guys have a fantastic rest of your evening. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the How to Find Scholarships podcast. I'm Dr. Treasure Shields Redmond, and I'm known as the debt-free degree expert. Busy parents of college-bound teens hire me to find scholarships. If you're interested in learning how to avoid massive student loan debt, go to howtofindscholarships.info.